What's up, guys? It's Eric from DFS HQ, and I'm here to break down the UFC card this weekend, headlined by Cowboy Cerrone versus Raging Al Iaquinta. And just be before we dig into these fights, this is a really tricky slate for cash. I'm not sure if I would play cash's slate, um, but if I do, I think you really have to go balanced this card. And like, I feel like the highest I would pay up in cash is 9100. Um, only because I don't like the builds at all if you pay 9400 for Macy Chief Stone, who is probably like probably the lock of the card to win. Um, so saying that for the members on our site, I'm gonna have two GPP cores this week instead of a cash core and a GPP core. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. And also 10 of the 12 fights according to Vegas are basically pickums, really close odds. And then also 10 of the 12 fights are favored to go to decision, which we almost never see. Uh, so we could see some really low winning scores here. And there's just going to be a lot of variance overall. Uh, but saying that, let's dig into the first fight of the night. We have Cole Smith making his UFC debut versus Mitch Gagnon, who's coming back after a three-year sabbatical. Uh, and he's, I mean, Ronda Rousey has fought more recently than Mitch Gagnon and also... I know he scores well in his wins on DraftKings, but Mitch Gagnon has only beaten scrubs uh, so far in the UFC and has lost to any other step up in competition. Saying that, Cole Smith, I don't think very highly of at all. Um, he's kind of a specialist at taking the back and just riding it out or getting the naked choke. So if he wins this fight, I know his price is only 7700 and he'll probably get a takedown and could just ride control in the back for a round or possibly get a late sub if Gang Young gasses, which he has done in the past. Um, I just don't think Smith has the highest upside in the world. And for Mitch Gang Young at 8,500, man, it's so hard to pick him coming back after such a long layoff. Um, I mean, and to me, it just looks like he needs the money here. Oh, boy. I don't mind Gang Young and GPP on DraftKings if you're making multiple lineups. Um, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick Smith to win, even though I don't think very highly of his skills. And so 7,700, I think he's in play in GPP. Uh, and the odds right now are Gagnon minus 125 and Smith plus 105, so it's basically a pick -em. The next fight of the night is the same exact odds, and it's a pick -em. We have Arjun Buhler, who's 8-1 and one and has a salary of 7,900, versus Juan Adams, who's 8,300. And is a minus 20, 125 favorite, and Bueller is plus 105. Uh, Arjun Bueller is a former Olympic alternate for Canada. I know Canada isn't known for the greatest wrestling, but still being an Olympic alternate is pretty impressive. Um, it's good takedowns. Arjun Bueller thinks he's a lot better and acts like he's a lot better than he really is. Like once he gets you to the ground, he doesn't really do anything. He just lays in your guard and will land an occasional strike. As you can see in his DraftKings wins, he only scores his two. He hasn't broken 65 in his two DraftKings wins. Um, but with one Adams, he's so green, and he can gas if the fight doesn't end in the first round. So because of that, I do have some interest in Arjun Buhler. But it's, if you play cash, I guess it would be more of a cash play because I don't see him scoring over uh, 75 points here unless he can get a late finish on a gas Adams. With Juan Adams, he's massive, probably the biggest heavyweight in the UFC. Cuts down from 295 or 300 pounds. And by the time he rehydrates, 
by fight night, he'll have a 40-pound weight advantage, a 6-inch reach advantage, and a 6-inch height advantage. He's just a massive guy, but he's super green. And if he doesn't finish the fight early, he gasses out horribly, which we saw in his last fight against Taylor Rocha. Uh, Juan Adams is definitely the better DraftKings play here because he's going to finish if he wins. But, man, both guys have a horrifically low floor in this fight. Uh, so I actually think it's a fight you can stay away from in DraftKings if you're making multiple lineups. Uh, but the preferred play is Juan Adams. Next fight of the night, we have Matt Sales coming in at 9,100 and a minus 220 favorite versus Kyle Nelson, who is at 7,100 and a plus 185 favorite. And I'm going to pick Sales to win here by decision. I just think the output in the striking technique is going to be too much for Kyle Nelson here. Uh, Sales lost his UFC debut, but it was against a great competitor in Shaman Marais and Sales. If that fight went one more round, I think Sales would have finished the fight because he was really causing Marais to slow down. And in this fight, Kyle Nelson's only path to victory is a KO or bust. I mean, the guy can crack super hard, but I just think Matt Sales is better everywhere else. So if you are playing cash, I think 9,100 for Matt Sales is fair, and I think you can get 9x in a win here. Um, and if you're in GPP, I don't mind taking a shot on Nelson because it's KO or bust. Uh, but it would only roster him if you're making over like seven to eight lineups. The next fight of the night, we have Nardim Taleb at a price of 9300 and a minus 320 favorite versus Kyle Prepolek, who's at 6900 and plus 280. And Prepolek, he's really green. He just wings big haymakers, hoping that they land. Um, Hasn't exactly fought the greatest competition in the past. And I think he's super small for the weight class. I honestly think he could be fighting at 155 or even possibly 145. I just think Taleb's going to, even though I think Taleb's definitely on the downside of his career, as been proven by his recent fights, I just think he's going to be way too big, way too strong, and hits too hard. And I am going to pick him to win here. I don't have a ton of interest at 9,300. But he will probably be low owned, so I guess it makes an okay contrarian GPP play. Uh, the next fight of the night, we have Ayman Zahabi at 9K on DraftKings and a minus 155 favorite versus Vince Morales, who's 7,200 on DraftKings and is plus 145. And we're going to have to get weird on this card because a lot of, like I said, there's so much variance and a lot of these fighters can score low as it, most of these fights are favorite to go to decision. I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick Vince Morales to win. Um, I mean, there's a chance Zahabi takes him down and just grinds him up for three rounds. But Morales can crack. And I actually thought he looked pretty good in his UFC debut against Song Yudong, who's a goddamn savage. And uh, even in a three-round loss, he scored just about 40 points. So if he can do that again at 7,200, I mean, that will work out fine for cash if you play cash. But I really think that if Zahabi fucks around on the feet for too long. I really think Morales can crack him. And I'm going to go out on a pick and pick Morales to win this fight. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't roster Morales, Morales if you're only making a couple lineups. It's more of a... If you're making three or over. And for Zahabi, I don't really have much interest at all. He doesn't have much upside at all at that price. Uh, the next fight of the night, we have Mark andre Barriolt 
versus Andrew Sanchez. And Andrew Sanchez is at a price of 8,700 and minus 170 favorite. And Barry Ute is 7,500 and plus 135. I'm going to pick Andrew Sanchez to win this fight. Barry Ute doesn't have good takedown defense at all. And we haven't seen much of his ground game at all in general. And you kind of need that to beat Andrew Sanchez. Or you need to have amazing cardio with high output striking so that you can get a late finish. Uh, but Andrew Sanchez, I think he's a great play here at his salary. I mean, even in his losses, he's scoring over 60 points in three-round fights, which is pretty goddamn amazing. So if he, even if he loses and scores, let's say worst-case scenario, 55 in a loss, 8,700, that's basically like a low-scoring win. Um, but I think he has 90 to 100-point upside in the win here. The concern with Sanchez is always that he gasses out at the end of the fight and his opponent turns him on and get him, gets him out of there. We've seen that a couple of times now. But also, I can't fault Sanchez too much for gassing late in the fights that he's lost. Because in most of those fights, he was dominating the fight in the first round and was close to getting stoppages and just blew his wad going for the finish and gassed out. I mean, I can't really blame him for that. But I like the camp change that he's made. His fight IQ seems to be getting better. And I really like him as a play this week and as a bet. Uh, so the pick is Andrew Sanchez. Oh, God, the next fight's going to be sloppy as hell. We have Walt Harris, 8,900 and minus 160, versus Sergey Spivak, who's 7,300 and plus 140. And Spivak is basically, he's 90-0, but he's just been crushing cran cans in the Ukraine. Um, I mean, so he's doing what he's supposed to do against the cans, but he hasn't fought anybody, so we don't really know what his talent level is. With Walt Harris, I don't really think highly of Walt Harris at all. At all. I mean, the guy hits hard, and that's about it. About a lot of heavyweights hit hard. Like, Walt Harris, Harris goes through long periods of time where he'll just, he won't throw anything. He'll just stalk his opponent, and he just won't let his hands go. It's almost like Eric Anders where he'll just walk forward, but he does. He just, you can t he keeps that right hand cocked, but he just never throws it. Um, but, when Walt Harris does win and he gets a KO, he'll just kind of unload out of nowhere after being, just having no output at all. Um, at 8,900, I don't love his salary for his upside. I mean, if he wins, his max upside is probably like 90 to 95, maybe 100 if he gets an early finish. Um, but I actually think this is a fight you can finish, if you're, a fight you can fade if you're only making a few lineups. If you're making over three, I would definitely roster it because it has, looks like the best odds to finish inside the distance on this card. Um, I really want to pick Spivak here. It's just that, like I said, he hasn't fought anybody. It's all cans. So we don't know his talent level. Oh, God. I'm going to pick Harris to win, I guess, but mostly it's just because I, we don't know enough against Spivak. But I think Spivak could be low-owned, possibly. So if you're like in the $15 GPP and you're making a bunch of lineups, I don't mind a shot on that. Next fight of the night is a fantastic fight. We have Brad Katona versus Marab Davilashvili. And Davilashvili is at a price of 8600 And Brad Katona at a price of 7600 Davilashvili is a minus-140 favorite. And Katona is a plus-155 dog. And Katona actually opened up as a large favorite. 
Uh, so all the odds moving is gone towards the Velashili. This is a super close fight because I think Brad Katona is a really great fighter. He does everything right. Has really good boxing, good cardio, good takedowns, amazing jiu-jitsu, especially off his back. He has really slick submissions. And I think if he's going to win this fight, that's how he's going to have to win because he does get taken, can get taken down and has been multiple times in the UFC. And with Marab Shili, I mean, the guy's just a takedown monster. I mean, he has eight takedowns, 11 takedowns, six takedowns, five takedowns, nine takedowns. Like, And on DraftKings, that's just pure gold. So, I mean, let's say he gets seven takedowns here. That's 35, which probably be his floor, which would be like 35 points. Add in another 30 points worth of strikes plus a decision win. You're looking at like 80 to 90 points. And even in Shili and his losses, he scored over 70 points in three-round decisions, which is just insane. Um, so he is DraftKings gold. It's just Shili puts himself in very bad positions because he's so reckless and he has he's just a big ball of energy. And so he's, he really needs to be careful once he gets top control that he doesn't get too reckless inside of Katona's guard. Or I promise you Shili will get subbed. Um, but I just think Davila Shealy is going to be too strong, too much energy, too much output. The takedowns will be there. I'm going to pick him to win this fight, but this is definitely a fight you can target on both sides. Because um, I think Katona has sneaky upside at his price of 7600 but the preferred play is Marab Davila Shealy. Uh, the next fight of the night is my lock of the night. It's Macy Chason. At a price of 9400 and a minus 720 favorite versus Sarah Morass. Morais, however you say it. Morass, I guess. She does have yeah. Morass. Uh, it was at a price of 6800 and a plus 550 favorite. And the only possible way Macy Chison loses this fight is if she gets careless inside of Morais' garden, she gets caught with an armbar. An armbar is the only path to victory for Morais and Morass in this fight, in my opinion. Chason just hits way too hard. He's going to have way too big of a reach advantage. Will be way too good in the clinch. Has brutal ground and pound. Um, it's just that her price on DraftKings, especially for cash, it's hard to roster her at 9,400 and be able to build a lineup that you're really confident about. That's why I prefer sales more in cash at 9,100, even though he's slightly riskier. Um, but Macy Chason, just based on her upside, and pulling out the win is probably my favorite play on the card. Uh, next fight of the night, we have Cub Swanson versus Shane Burgos. And Cub Swanson's at a price of 7400 and minus 150. And Burgos is 8800 and plus 160. And, man, uh, I'm really tempted to pick Cub Swanson here because he hasn't really lost to any prospects. He's only lost to top fighters. But he's definitely on the downhill of his career his chin isn't what it used to be he was dropped hard with a jab in his last fight and that's always very concerning but at his price of 7400 he has massive upside here because Burgos I mean as we know he blocks punches with his face he gets rocked a lot he's been dropped multiple times in the UFC he was KO'd two fights ago and he was dropped hard instantly in his last fight but his opponent dove right into his guard, and Burgos was able to grab an armbar. Um, but this is an amazing fight to target on DraftKings on both sides. 
I'm going to pick Burgos to win because watching more film on him, he does have a really devastating jab, and I think that can be the divisive path to victory here for him. Um, I'm just really concerned about how much he gets hit and that Cub Swanson kind of feeds on fighters like this. Uh, I just think that Cub Swanson's past it. So I, I'm going to pick Shane Burgos to win. And even though he's 8,800, he can easily score over 100 points. Um, but man, if you're playing GPP, Cub Swanson is super, super, super tempting at 7,400. Because if he wins, he's probably going to score over 100 points. Um, but this is definitely a fight. I mean, if you're making four lineups, I would probably have 100% of this fight. Like either go three and one or two and two, etc. Um, I wouldn't go 100% on any one fighter though. Uh, but the pick is Shane Burgos to win. But I do really, really, really like both fighters on DraftKings. Next fight of the night, we have Derek Brunson, who is at 8,200 and a minus 130 favorite, versus Elias Theodora, who's 8,000 and plus 100. And with Elias Theodora, his greatest attribute is probably punching the air. And also his fight IQ because he's great at knowing how to win a decision. But he's not the type of fighter that has historically beaten Derek Brunson. Uh, not even close to the type of fighter. And I just think Brunson is going to be able to do whatever he wants to do here. Um, I really like the camp, cha camp change for Derek Brunson to Hard Knocks 365 in Miami. He was formerly training himself at a gym he opened in North Carolina and training part-time at Greg Jackson's. But the last couple of camps, he just stuck in North Carolina and was basically training with college kids. Um, but I just think his striking is going to be way too much here. Theodora doesn't do great against guys that come forward and have big power. And that's exactly what Derek Brunson is. Um, and I really like Derek Brunson in this spot. I don't have much interest in Theodora at all because he has no upside and I don't think he's going to win this fight. Um, if you're making a bunch of lineups and like, a mass entry GPP. You can take a shot if you want, I guess. But the pick, definitive pick here is Derek Brunson. I'm going to pick him to get a finish. I'm thinking he can get a first or early second TKO. And I like him a lot at his price of 8200 on DraftKings. Uh, the next fight is the main event of the night. We have Ally Aquinta, who is at a price of 8400 and minus 140 favorite versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who's 7,800 and a plus 120 favorite. And this is a really great fight. I would have 100% of this fight, no matter how many lineups you make. If you're playing cash, this is a definite stack, uh, especially since we're looking for some 7K fighters who can give us a safe floor. And when we stack in cash, I know some people say they only are looking for over 100 points. I personally am looking for closer to 120, uh, especially if the slate turns out to be a high-scoring slate. That's usually what you need. Um, in GPP, I definitely like both sides. At Cerrone's price at 7,800, it's super tempting because if I mean he has 22 wins in the UFC and he has 18 KOs and also a couple subs. So I mean, if he wins, he's going to score over 100 points. And at 7,800, that will be on the optimal lineup. Um, I just worry that Ally Quinta's boxing is going to be too much for him. And we've seen in the past that Cowboy really struggles with good boxers. Um, and I was really impressed with how Aya Quinta looked in his last fight against Kevin Lee. That was by far the best he's looked, in my opinion. Like, he looked world-class. Um, 
I'm going to pick Iaquinta to win this fight, but it's not a confident pick at all. This is a coin flip. If you're playing GPPs, no matter how many lineups you make, make sure you have 100% of this fight. If you're in cash, stack this fight. Um, but, I mean, Cowboy is super live in this fight. As you can see by the odds, it's 100% pick him here. Um, so, yeah, but Ally Quinta, I just think that boxing and the forward pressure is going to be too much as long as he doesn't walk into something big like a head kick or if he doesn't get taken down and subbed by Donald. Uh, and Donald is probably some of the most underrated jiu-jitsu in all of MMA, maybe in MMA history. Um, but this is a super tough fight to pick. It's just you need to have 100% of this fight, in my opinion, in DraftKings because it's one of the few fights that can be very high scoring. Um, so just to recap real quick, I have Ally Aquinto over Donald Cerrone, but it's not it's a total coin flip, and you should have both fighters on DraftKings. If you're making multiple GPPs, have 100% of this fight. If you're playing cash, stack this fight. I have Derek Brunson by TKO over Elias Theodoro. I don't have any interest in Theodoro at all in DraftKings. Derek Brunson is one of the safest plays, I feel like. I have Shane Burgos over Cub Swanson, but this is a fight you need to target 100% of on DraftKings on both sides, just like the main event was. Because if either guy wins, they're going to score over 100 points. And if Swanson scores over 174, he's on the optimal. Uh, I have Mesa Chason by TKO over Sarah Morass. Um, I want to say play Mesa Chason in cash. It's just so hard to make a good lineup when you roster her at 9,400. You're basically forcing to punt with a super risky dog. Um, so I guess I prefer in GPP, but, I mean, she's a lock of the slate, so that does make her a cash play. Uh, I don't really have any interest in more ass unless you're making a bunch of lineups, like over 10 minimum. Minimum, probably closer to 20. I have Davila Shealy over Brad Katona. I just, I, I mean, he's drafting his cold with his upside, but he has to be careful that he doesn't get subbed because Katona's live to a submission finish. He's definitely in play at 7,600 in DraftKings. I have, I don't care about this, Walt Harris over Sergey Spivak, but I want to pick Spivak there. I just, he hasn't beaten anybody. I have Andrew Sanchez by late finish over Marc-Andre Barriot, and I really like Sanchez and Cash and GPP. Barriot and GPP only if making over 10 lineups. I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick Morales to defeat Zahabi by TKO. Um, but it's not a fight I feel you need to roster on DraftKings unless you're making over three lineups. Uh, I have Nardine Taleb over Kyle Prepolik. Uh, I don't feel like you need to roster this fight on DraftKings unless you're making multiple lineups. I have Matt Sales over Kyle Nelson. And I like Kyle Nelson. I'm sorry, Matt Sales and Cash and GPP. And Kyle Nelson only in GPP if making over five or so lineups. I have... Oh, boy. I'm going to pick Arjun Buller to beat Juan Adams because I just think he'll be able to take down Juan Adams at will. But there is that concern is that Juan Adams' size and strength is way too big and Adams gets an early finish. Uh, you can target both sides of this if you want. It's just if this turns into be a sloppy heavyweight fight, it's not going to score well. So I don't mind you fading this fight if you're only making like three lineups. Uh, and then... 
for the first fight of the night. This is such a hard fight to pick because we haven't seen Mitch Gagnon in years now. Um, and Cole Smith isn't very good at all. Um, I guess I'm going to pick Cole Smith, but it's not a fight you need to target at all. Uh, for the members, I'm going to have two GPP cores like I mentioned earlier instead of a cash core. I don't see any reason why you need to play cash this week. Save it for next week. Uh, the cheat sheet will be out later tonight or tomorrow. Uh, good luck, everybody, with your DraftKings plays and or your bets. And I'll be back for another podcast next week. Peace.